Hi, everybody. Welcome to Queers and Soaps. I'm Tommy, and today I'm joined by Gregory and Lynn. Greetings. We are starting season seven of Knots Landing. Woohoo! <laughs> um, we're going to ease into it. We're going to talk about two episodes and kind of wrap up what season six ended with the cliffhanger. Uh-huh. So I'll roll the credits and we'll get right into it. So season seven, episode one is titled The Longest Day. And it sure was a long day. <laughs> a little follow-up after that long and winding road episode. Right. <laughs> um so it took about five minutes to actually get into this episode because we had the preview for the episode and then we had the new opening credits. Right. I thought it sounded a little slightly different, and Greg's like, there's a lot of saxophone. Yeah, <laughs> there was. It's probably heavy on the sax and this is probably the last upbeat knots landing theme we're gonna see in a while because they're gonna change it up starting next season season eight is when they go slow um, season eight is this we're still gonna have the scrolling tiles on season eight but season eight's opening theme song is quite a bit more hmm. welcome to the island man if you will <laughs> is it <laughs> i don't remember that yeah hmm. well we have like a year yeah before we get there, <laughs> Tommy maybe does. <laughs> dot dot dot. Um. So yeah. So we had the new opening credits. I noticed yeah. they inserted Laura's new sleek haircut with her big glasses. Yeah, big glasses. And they added the clip from last season of Val and Ben dancing. Yes, you're right. I did notice that, and I thought of you, Tommy, because you, <laughs> you thought they added that to the opening, and that was. And then this was the first time they did like a three minute recap of the previous season, pretty much. <laughs> it was pretty much all about Val's missing babies and everything kind of leading up to it. So, yeah. But then it like literally, like as it was recapping, I guess once they got to the end of the recap, it just kept flowing as if like it just transitioned in. We didn't have the slowdown this time. Now we just had, Harry, they want to take the babies. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. They didn't have the slow turnaround. Oh. Definitely <laughs> the um, editing for the end of last season and the beginning of this season, there was a new person on stage. On Well, I think they wanted to keep the action going. So there really was like intensity going on at the start of this episode because it's right. like, okay, one of the babies just took off, but one's still at the house. Do you think that they continued to record last season? To just no, like- I wonder because everybody's hair looks so similar, but Abby's hair was just a smidge longer, and Max's hair was kind of poofier. That <laughs> I, I feel like they didn't, but yet you look at those kids, and it looked like they didn't age a day. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Val like lunges towards the house, like to the front door. She's like. A freaking squirrel monkey, right. whatever, and she's like banging on the door, like "Rar, let me in." <laughs> exactly. Even Karen and Gary aren't trying to be so aggressive towards the adoptive mom holding the baby, but Val's just like, "Give me my baby!" <laughs> <laughs> and I think at this point, Mac and Ben had jumped in their car and were now chasing Harry. Correct. Um, and he he even like cuts him off or there's like an interpass where he can scream through the window. He's like, stop driving like that. You're going to, you got a kid in the car as the baby's sitting in the front seat. 
I'm not being belted in and just windshield. all over the place. You're right, Greg. Facing the windshield, not even like turn the other way. <laughs> uh, nope. 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 Um, Val makes her way to the backyard and she's like gonna get in through the sliding glass. <laughs> right. And Gary's like running after her, you know, and spins her around too. And he's like, Valine, calm down. And she yells, Don't you know whose babies they've got? And Abby's like, uh, we know they're yours. We know they're yours. <laughs> yep. Abby catches up right away and she's like, Val, Val, they're your babies. And Val kind of stops. And, and Gary doesn't think much of it, but Abby's kind of like, <sighs> she pops another tums. <laughs> no kidding. <sighs> so um, I think the police are now involved. They come and they're trying to explain what's going on. Yeah, doesn't Mrs. Fisher call the the police? Yeah, yeah. And you know the kid crying. She's holding the girl, and the girl's head's like this while she's trying to call the police. And and they're coming out, and the police kind of approach Karen first when they get there. Those babies were not made for the um for TV. They would not stop crying. No, <laughs> I'm no. like, couldn't we have recasted them or something? They would. Sometimes not. you wonder though, because babies can um usually babies will react off of stress. So like if parents were fighting and stuff like that, the same kind of thing was kind of going on during these scenes. And the kids were maybe just having a natural outburst that they were sad and unhappy with what was all going on because there was a lot of yelling going on. There was a lot of running going on. And yeah. poor babies. That, that those kids are kind of like <clears throat> traumatized. Nats probably had to pay for therapy for these children. <laughs> so officially at this point, we are still at this moment, do not know if these babies are officially hers. Yeah. Like, we um, don't know. We're, everything is still speculation. Everything is assumption. Everything is... Things are matching um, up. Abby knows. Abby knows Abby. because she saw Fisher on those two pages that were torn out of the ledger. So Abby pretty much knows, and she's she's, you know, played her story the way she's played it because Gary starts pumping her too. And she's like, I, I got a call from Mrs. Ewing. And they said, they said, we know where your babies are. Now, now she's stretching the truth. And she's yeah. like, he's like, why didn't you call Val? And she's like, I couldn't just call Val with her fragile state. I, I wanted to make sure. So I went and got her and I'm like, mm, yeah, that was a good immediately, <laughs> immediately yeah. seven months later. Uh-huh. Um, so they decide there's nothing they can do, but Val doesn't want to leave. She's like, I'm sitting right here with a, my bare foot. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> Don't yeah. your coffee yet. <laughs> um, Abby goes back to uh, Lotus Point and she's yeah. visited by Greg. Who does his little walk-in clap routine. Like, aren't you just the mother St. Teresa for saving bringing the mom to her babies and like Abby's assistant is in that room and she quickly shuttles her out the door because she doesn't want her to hear what Greg has to say. And she kind of like is trying to play like what are you talking about? Like I don't I don't have no idea what you're talking about but she kind of has like a small smirk on her face. Right? <laughs> like yeah I did that. <laughs> but then he's still kind of like but I knew that you knew and I've kind of got that little ace mm -hmm over your head too. I laughed because he said something like, what's next, Sainthood or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was funny. Yeah, because then he's like, so how much does Gary know about the babies? And she's like, what do you think he knows? And he's like, hmm. He's like, 
I know. <laughs> right. Kind of like, where am I talking? <laughs> <laughs> um, so now Mac is trying to get a restraining. He kept saying a restraining order, and that didn't, for me, feel like the right term. Um, but he's trying to make sure that the baby, the the fishers, don't run off with the don't baby. run off with the kids. Yes, he's trying. He is trying to kind of keep them right within their home. So he's running around like a chicken without his head. He's just like going to the hospital trying to get like records that that say that she gave birth to stillborn Val. You know, talking to that judge because the judge said you need birth certificate and you need things of this nature too. So then yeah. finding the file the judge on the golf course and then he's also trying to get the, to the nurse whose brother's there and she's not and he's just like all over town all, all <laughs> loosey-goosey HIPAA law illegally kind of things yes for 1984 for 1984 exactly yeah you know, and then meanwhile Harry's you know <clears throat> stopped being chased by um Mac and Ben makes a call to that lawyer that Karen and Ben went and saw too and he's like, you better help out with this. And I think that lawyer produced a birth certificate mm -hmm. with Harry and his wife's name on it. And then he gets a hold of that. And that finally leads Harry to come back home. By this time, they've called Karen or somebody's called Lily May. Lily May. And Lily May is there, you know, hugging Val. And Lily May, oh my God, Lily May. I always knew they were alive and then come home. And it's like, girl, shut up. <laughs> you're the one who told Karen constantly, let those babies rest. So, yeah. It's like, it was funny when Harry gets there, the cops are there, he produces that birth certificate. And the cops are like, well, it says they're there. And again, Valine with her, no. And yeah. they kind of pull her back. And Lily May goes over and she's cooing with the boy that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a. I forgot. I didn't forget about that because that stuck in my head. But Totally. I mean, she's like playing grandma right away. But it's like, you know, get out of the mix, girl. And go over there and comfort your daughter who's like losing her shit because she can't hold her kids. Um. At one point, I don't know if this was before that, but Karen had gone to Lily Mays and they were looking for any kind of records Val may have had from the hospital. Right. Um, and Greg had made a comment about Kathy's outfit. It was like a tennis outfit. <laughs> I thought of Greg right away when I was watching this. I'm like, hey, let's go to the pep rally. And she's got her hair all down and kind of swooped to the side. It was 1984. The 19 mid-1980s outfits were... Um, more costumes yeah. they were they were swimmers on she had short shorts on she had the tied up front shirt on she had yeah. her hair braided back yeah, yeah they were they were they were specific they were themed costumes let's put it this way kathy was definitely wearing her day outfit here versus <laughs> you would catch her behind yeah. the microphone on stage wearing that well karen even she was wearing her usual karen like suit that's like you know up to her neck yeah she also had like this other layer on the top, this like thin blue thing. Like well, she's just had like... this, she's had this outfit on since episode twenty nine of last season, <laughs> all of episode thirty, and now episode one. Knotts was kind of great with that, where they had stretches that we had Abby with that last season in the limo riding around getting her freaking pixie cut in that <laughs> yellow sweater for four episodes. Right. <laughs> hmm. Um, we didn't see too much of Joshua, but when we did, it was gross. Alec Baldwin looks like he lost weight. His face looks thinner, and his 
Right. His hair was popping. <laughs> but his temperament seems like it's gone much higher, and he's just now yelling and more aggressive and really, really just rah, terrible to people. He, Him and Kathy are talking to Valene, and he's like, I always knew like it was the power of prayer that brought them back and Valentine's like okay and he's like we should get down on our knees and pray right now <laughs> he's Kathy, like Kathy gets down and Val's like no I'm good thanks and Val kind of gets up and walks like, pray when they're home. in front of them and she's like you know once I have my kids back I'll give my moment of thanks in my own way and she walks out the room right and he's like, I can't believe she did that. And even Kathy looks at him like, you are such a freaking dumb man. And <laughs> she's like, just get it together, dude. Yeah. Um, at one point, Cameron goes to get Lily Mae. Um, I don't know if it was this episode. She well, I think it was like Val went back in the middle of the night to stay there. So Sarah mm -hmm. Karen came over the next day saying you know that mac was trying to get the proof and they were going to have to go to the hospital and lily may's like val's not here and, yeah and she's like well there's only one place she could be she's like come on let's go and she's before Correct. that karen and joshua had that exchange where he's like yeah. she's like did you ever support val and let her know that you thought the babies were alive because he's like i'd always think they'd come back and then he goes did you and he kind of turns it back on her she's like oh. Well, in her head, you know, she's thinking, I was trying to find the kids. And before I told too much to Val, yes, I believed her, but I didn't want to tell her. Right. So Lily May is like, I want to come with you to go find Val. She's like, Joshua, will you come? And Karen's like, I think Joshua's got to get to work. He's got to go. <laughs> he has to go and pray. Right. And she quickly just. Psh. I kind of feel like this is the first that we're setting up that the other characters on the show don't like Joshua as much well they're all being exposed to his horrible behavior and nobody's liking it because it is very gross and reductive and just yikes yeah um, and i think the 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 women are honoring each other by not saying anything they're all just giving each other side eye signals we see it we see right. it we see it and now we're just waiting for your permission yes to say we don't like it like yeah. we're honoring you by backing you up and then as soon as you're done with it we will come out if i was kathy i wouldn't be in such a hurry to leave val's house let's just put it that way <laughs> um laura's returned back to real estate to a real estate agency i'm guessing this is supposed to be the one she used to work at because she seems to know the employees pretty well Exactly. It's like now that she's pissed at Greg because she thinks Greg slept with Abby, she's totally leaning, helping him with Galveston Industries about to become the Sumner Group, and she's going to go back to selling real estate. And he was like, so she has to start all over again? And I'm like, well, she was in a real estate firm before. She was. She's the one who helped Gary. She bought Gary a lot of properties, and Gary and Abby a lot of properties, too. So she started to elevate quite quickly, but now she is kind of going more, it seemed like, back into the homes and residential yeah. or at least that's what she talked about to begin with right yeah yeah it just felt writing wise that there wasn't a leap like i understood the leap and i think the sure. leap was just this year was you were just supposed to understand it and it yeah. quickly moved into this that storyline without yeah. being like let me spend a few days i just broke up with somebody with a multi-million dollar you know job and now let me i just felt weird that it just jumped back into 
But I feel like that's Laura. Laura doesn't really like grass growing to her. She's like, I got to get back to work. And she's kind of an independent person where she has to be strong. And so she's not going to sit and wallow. She's going to just keep moving forward. So that is kind of a Laura trait. Too. She does have two kids. We don't see them very often, but she does have two kids. Correct. <laughs> Correct. She doesn't have a savings account <laughs> that she can back up on. And she right. may, we don't really have clarity on this, but she may or may not be divorced officially. <laughs> She's not yet. She's not yet divorced. Um, so, yeah, she's due some back child support. Um, <laughs> right. So, Greg is trying to flirt with her, get him to come around. I mean, in the past, I haven't really been a big fan of Greg, but. I was kind of falling for it. Well, this is where, doesn't he, like, she goes to look at a house. It's kind of late at night, but he actually rented the house. Yeah. And she has to go around the back of the house even, too. And then, like, a, a butler, if you will, greets her and maybe hands her some roses. And she's like, no, this isn't for me. And then Greg pops up in his little tux, and he's like, yeah. And he produces the dinner. And she's like, I'll eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so sketch yeah he's just trying to win her back and like surprisingly they didn't even go there about abby so it's kind of like laura quickly deduced that yes ruth did lay this all into play because she wanted me out of there but if anything laura's pissed that greg let his mom interfere in their relationship so much she, she's she's keeping it cool and trying to hold him off a little bit making him work for it and she should yeah. Yeah. so <clears throat> he could afford it um so mac is at the hospital and he gets well i guess lily may and karen find um val at the house and they tell her that they need her to come to the hospital because she needs to like verify certain facts to the records department, department. they won't release it to only her yeah they will release it to her so now hip is important <laughs> um <laughs> so they get there and apparently the computer system's down, so they have to go through that, you know, old-fashioned file, uh, file cabinet. Boss <laughs> isn't working that day, so as they type on their green screen, <laughs> just saying. And they tell her the date was November 18th, and she, the woman working can't find any record of Valine being admitted, even. Right. And they're all kind of, like, stunned, like, oh, now what? Yeah. And Lily May's like, my heart can't handle this. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't, my heart can't handle this anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? It was funny. Um, and that was kind of how it ended. It just kind of freeze framed everybody and uh -huh. like, dumbfounded that there's no record of exactly that. like, oh shit, what do we do now? Yeah. Um, so what did you grade it while I pull up my grades? me yeah i gave it an eight and a half i mean i was gonna stay at an eight and i just nudged up a little bit more because i like the drama that happened at the beginning so there was some intensity and stuff there but it wasn't a bad episode at all i thought it was pretty good for a season opener we can't have immediate resolve so they kind of left us hanging yet one more episode going when's she gonna get those babies back but i love the intensity what's going on i loved how abby had to sweat it out a little bit more and yeah. yeah, I think I agree with that, and that's why I gave it an 8. Yeah. He gave it a 7, and yeah. he told me to write this down. The writing sound, looks like it's getting making it sound complicated just to complicate it. <laughs> 
And there's probably truth in that too. <laughs> pull that audience back for another episode and not yeah. just have them abandoned after the season premiere. Like, oh, we're coming back. She's going to get her babies. Nope, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> One more episode. Yeah. Oh, you've waited three months, four months of the summer. Uh, wait just a little bit more. Right. Um. So, yeah. So, eight and a half, eight, seven. Correct. Okay. Not bad. So, episode two is titled Here in My Arms. Yes. Oh. And we pick up at the... Uh, records department and they're yelling at this poor woman who's just <laughs> yeah, she's kinda, we'll just call her i don't know betty is like practically bringing her glasses up and down going oh shit what am i gonna do yeah for that probably five dollars an hour they're paying her to be badgered like that right <laughs> and the system comes back online so she's able to type valian's name and see that she was admitted on november 18th 1984 Right. Um, but all that is is a record of um, her admittance. Her admittance and billing, they say. Yes. And then doesn't like some, if you will, department head come in the room and say, well, you know, if they were stillborn, somebody would have to sign off on that. So we've got records of it. They're here somewhere. And Max kind of short with them and like, dude, we need this now. And he's like, we'll find you your information. Just be patient, but we will find it. So he seems confident that they have a paper trail and they're going to be able to trace it back. Me, I was a little suspicious. I'm like, mm, the way they've had such a cover up on this, is this going to be the case? But yeah, seemed- I was, I questioned this because he said, you're telling me it's on somebody's desk. If it happened in November, let's just say this is six months later. Let's yeah. say we're still in May, even though it's the fall. Right. It's just been sitting on somebody's desk and nobody signed off on it right away. Was there a funeral for the babies? Uh, in the show, do they? They didn't so. have one. No, no, I don't think so. No, so, so in in the intents and purposes of storyline, in reality, paperwork would have been completed yeah. in order for a funeral to happen and a burial to happen. And if this would have been daytime TV, there definitely would have been a funeral because then they would have had that mama crying at that tombstone several episodes, several times going <laughs> visiting that tombstone, and none of that happened. Instead, they just turned Val into Verna. She went crazy and started waitressing in Tennessee. Right. Oh, that was something that I forgot to mention in the last episode when she was like pounding on the front door in the beginning. Yes. It reminded me of The Shining with Jack Nicholson, and I felt like she was going to be like, "Here's Verna," instead of like, "Here's Johnny." <laughs> well, <laughs> honestly, I, like I was very curious to see Funny. if so. The loss of her baby and everything else is what kicked Verna on. Yes. And then, which was traumatic. Yeah. And then, you know, she came back and then another trauma occurred. And I was very curious to see if they were going to, because I forgot if they were going to drag the storyline a little bit longer and have Verna come back so she couldn't have the children. Like, would it cure her or would it really push her over the edge? Right. Verna, Verna was an alter ego to like, protect her from the hurt of losing the babies right she always knew the babies were alive and now she sees that they're alive so that wasn't going to kick her into like right me safe mode this is i told all you these babies are alive these are my babies Mm -hmm. give me my babies back he seemed very now she seemed very much mother mode and what we did see is val with those sleepless nights and walking around the house and waking during certain times when she knew they would it should have feedings, doing that from the car and from the backyard. Because we see Val at one point, I think it's this episode, 
walk next to the side of the house and have a conversation with Sheila, who's in the backyard and like hanging laundry to dry and stuff too. And and they they kind of get a little close. They can relate, but then she's like, "I'm sorry, you lost your babies, but these are my babies. You need to leave me alone." And then she kind of takes off because she mentions that one of the babies has got like a right. thing. And then Val kind of describes how maybe she had that happen and what her mom used to do for her. And they they kind of bond a little bit, but then Sheila's like, "She's only being nice to me because she wants to get to my kids." Um, Harry Fisher kind of had a few moments or lines where. I felt like it was implied that maybe Sheila wasn't mentally stable or there was something that happened to her. It sounds like she maybe spirals and Sheila's probably a little bit on the trauma cycle because they've been trying to have kids and it hasn't worked. So then maybe they've been trying to go the adoption route for so long and they yeah. finally get two kids. And I, mean, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what... Away. Correct. And I read it as misogynistic writing that because she is hysterical, she wasn't an even-keeled woman is why she couldn't get pregnant. Right. They had to adopt. Yeah. I, I read it, you know, yes to what everybody is saying right now, but oh. I read it a little different as 1984. Oh. Um, oh, she's hysterical, so she's she's the problem. Right? Yeah, he, like, I don't know what the lines were verbatim, mm -hmm. but it was something along the lines of, calm down you know how you get mm -hmm. like you don't want to like spiral right as your ovaries <laughs> close up <laughs> is their implication not my implication right right um so abby took a phone call from dallas mm. dun, 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 dun. here we start coming with the pre almost break between the two shows it's um it's still technically a year out but they're trying to align and track with what the storyline is at dallas at that same time and this is what's kind of funny i've been rewatching dallas because now it's all in high def people and it's available on amazon freebie so there you go <laughs> i'm at the season i'm probably like four episodes out from bobby dying so you're okay. right abby gets a phone call from dallas and um Gary's not there. He's working on the ranch, I think. So she hangs up. And when he walks in, she tells him there was a terrible accident and Bobby died. Well, I thought she said there's been a terrible accident. And she goes, it involves Bobby. So she didn't really say the words, he's dead. And he's just kind of looking at it. They're kind of like, dun 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 it up. But yeah. She didn't say it? I don't know. We'll see. Insert clip here. A call came in from Dallas a little while ago. Your family's been trying to reach you. What? Come on, what? It's Bobby. There's been a terrible accident. I feel uh, like she said there was a terrible accident. I feel like she said that it's, it's Bobby. You know it's what I mean? Bobby. Because right. he's like, what's going on? And she's like, it's Bobby. It's Bobby. There was a terrible and then I think she just held back and didn't say the words. You know what I mean? Okay. So, I mean, that sounds that could be kind of a twofold, probably because they don't want to see the word dead, and maybe because they want to have not viewers that aren't watching Dallas. Oh, know what the secret watch is. Dallas to yeah, tune in and find out what's going on. Because then the next episode of Dallas, Gary did go to Dallas. Oh, yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Huh. I did watch that season. So you're right. Now there's <laughs> There's trauma going on in Gary's life. Meanwhile, Gary's still um, 
being one of the leads on what's going on with Empire Valley. So Knotts is trying to lay out some storyline of what's going to happen next because Abby's going to get more involved with that, especially while Gary's out of town. But that was shared. And now Gary will probably be gone the next episode, I believe. Yeah. Um, there's a, there was a scene where Karen came into Abby's office and Abby had her back turned and she told her about what happened with Bobby. Oh, yeah. And Abby um, was about to do something. That's why she turned her back to Karen. Do you remember? Yeah, she was about to set the, the pages from the journal on fire. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so she turned her back to Karen and then Karen's kind of pushing her. And that's when Abby spit out about Bobby passing away. So because there she back was turned and we could see her face. It almost felt like she was trying to sound like she was upset and crying, like fighting back tears, but she was like rolling her eyes like go away, Karen. <laughs> right. I'll turn these two damn pages. And then Karen, that makes Karen's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I met him once. I'm I'm sorry. Tell Gary I'm sorry for his loss. And she kind of backs out of the room. So then Abby does turn around and lights the pages on fire. It's like every time like Abby tries to move forward with something that's wrong or as a cover-up, she somebody always interrupts her and she's like, oh my God, and I have to come up with another lie. I want it to, I don't want to do it anymore, but I have to. The cover-up, and that's why Greg kind of did the clap. And he's like, You are truly the mastermind. And he's like applauding her on what she achieves, and she's kind of like Shut up, Greg. But, you know, still taking kudos for what she did. But, yeah. Um, at the TV station, Joshua was getting his hair and makeup done. And um, Kathy, I keep almost calling her CG. Kathy <laughs> is rambling on about how they're going to use Laura's um, real estate agency to find some really nice apartments. And he should come see it. He's like, well, I'm working. She's like, I'm talking about after. He's like, do I need some more hairspray right here? And he's having the makeup person. Put he's that so up. not interested in any of it. Yeah. And Kathy says what she's said a few times before. If she sees something she likes, she's taking it. I'm trying to remember, too. Did she say something to her? Was it just her tone that it kind of ticked him off? And he got up out of the makeup chair and pulled her aside and kind of stood her. He's like, this is my place of work. <laughs> I think because he was like, I have interviews after, and then I have to like prep for the next episode. She was like, you always have an excuse for everything. So then he got up and he like, don't you talk to me that way her, in public. He grabbed her arm and she was like, you're yeah. hurting me. And she kind of fought oh. him off and he cut his hand. Yes. And then he like licks it and he kind of looks at her and it's like, if there wouldn't have been people around, you know, damn well, he would have smacked her right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, and you can see she's a little worried. <laughs> oh, like, maybe she's like, like, maybe I'll just go look for apartments for me. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. We're headed down a, a long and winding road. So now Mac had gotten a hold of the proof because the hospital did find the records and that Val had babies. And I can't remember what else the paperwork said, but he didn't. He go back over to the Fishers and Gar Harry kind of closes the door on Mac and Mac ends up slipping it through what it was was a court order. That's what he got. He, and he slips it through the mail slot and he's like, you can't leave town with those kids. Did he's he like, we need to do this test, this test, and this test and we're going to prove it. You know what I mean? And that's when Sheila starts flipping out and she's like, they're not going to take our babies and she's running around and he's like, just calm down, girl. Because the babies are in everybody's hands. <laughs> right. Right. He, 
he was able to get that court order because the nurse showed up at the judge's office, right? Thank you. That's right. The nurse did finally show up. So um, validated a lot of things that the kids were still alive. And, and he warned them that the, the people stationed out front were legally allowed to be there watching the house. Right. So now back in this day, they can do a pathology test because I still think DNA tests weren't embedded yet. That didn't happen until right. like around maybe 88, 89. So right. we're talking 84 here. So they do a pathology test and blood work and yada 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 but still again everybody's worried that they're going to take off with those kids so then because matt got this corridor now he can legally have people watching the house again so he has that so do we know what the fisher's plan was when they had um sheila drive off and well i think so this is you're right they went with the the, the storyline cues next that harry's like sheila start packing mm -hmm. we're gonna go and she buys into that. But what they didn't tell oh, us okay. in the audience is just as that moment, Karen pulls up, it's later at night. It looks like Sheila and Harry are putting the kids in the station wagon and Sheila tears off like a bat out of hell with the kids mm -hmm. and the car watching the house tears off after her and Harry goes back inside the house and Karen is smarter. And she's like, A, Harry wouldn't have stayed behind and B, no mom would drive with their kids like that in the car so reckless so she goes and runs up to the house and before harry makes it through the door she barges herself in and she's like your wife doesn't have the babies they're upstairs you know what i mean and she just she goes into this pretty long tangent that's a really good and well-placed tangent where she's like you know my heart breaks for you but my friend wanted babies for a long time yeah. you have no moral choice you know they're going to do the pathology test the blood test all these things it's just a matter of hours or days where we're going to know the truth right how can you morally hold on to those babies knowing they were taken from their mother and that was the writing you know um that was the 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 line that was connected between the next dot completely so now, I mean, this is where I talked about it on the last podcast. I'm like, you know, Abby wants bragging rights because she's like, well, I brought Val to her babies. But Karen, you know, arrived first, but they didn't get the kids. Karen's now going to get the kids. It was really, truly Karen that made this moment yeah. happen because then we cut scene over to um, Val's house. She's upstairs showering, Lily Mae's in the kitchen, putting the banana bread away <laughs> and the doorbell rings and she goes and opens the door and she she kind of gasps and she turns and she yells Valine and Val comes running down the stairs and mm -hmm. through the door come Karen holding, I think the boy and Harry holding the girl. Yeah. And Val just sits down on the steps because she realizes the moment's happening and she's trying to be in the right spot to hold her kids and Karen gives the baby over first and Harry kind of looks there and sighs and then he hands her the girl and he backs up and just looks at the two kids and then just kind of turns and quietly goes out the door and the kids are crying which again emotional trigger whatever maybe they pinched the kids and they wanted the kids right for that scene I don't know you know I, I actually was kind of paying attention to it I think some of it was a little um overlay sounding because be. be. you're right they're just amping up the volume and, yeah. and trying to have the angst in the scene and stuff like that and, you know lily mayer cooing with the kids and karen are too and val's just crying because she's just so happy that she got her kids back 
Um, I did like the little, it was a small, small, really quick moment, but when Karen handed the baby to her, she kissed Karen on the cheek, like, thank you. Exactly. And that's, I, that's I, kind of the actresses coming through, too, because I think they were so close to those characters, as well as they've talked about how close they are as friends in real life. Um, so I quickly just did skim through the episodes because we watched these earlier in the week and I was like, I just want to refresh what happened. Sure. Like, like the big moments, like every five minutes, I was just like skimming through and that, so I rewatched that part and I actually got more emotional just skimming through to that part this time than I did the other day when I watched it. Exactly. I was like, ooh, that hit me. Yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> exactly. Because it's been almost a year long process. You know what I mean? She got the babies taken from us as audience watchers. She got the babies taken from her last november in real time when this aired and then this happened end of september beginning of october the next following season so yeah yeah that's a long time to make an audience in prime time wait <laughs> mm -hmm. but they had resolved finally into episode two of this season seven um do we miss anything big before we grade it i don't think so so, I don't know if it was the fact that I was just over the story and I just wanted it to be over. <laughs> I feel like the writers were as well. I feel like they were just, all right, it's a new season. We have new scripts, new writers, new energy. Let's right. let's let's wrap this up and let's move on. Right. Uh, so, he gave it a seven. Okay. I gave it a seven. Oh. <laughs> I give it a nine because I really enjoyed that ending a lot. I mean, that was enough to push me up there and be like, yes, finally. And I've watched, sometimes if I've had an itch to maybe watch a Nuts Landing, this will be an episode I watch mm -hmm. because you get some resolve and some closure, if you will. Definitely closure. Um, I, I, I just feel like it was a, a rushed closure. For how long it was. For how, how long it was. He, right. put, he made me write this down. He said the chase the chase was better than the catch. <laughs> oh, that's well, I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. It was yeah. a suspenseful chase, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the chase was better than the catch. So yeah. you actually answered one of my questions, because when Harry kept calling the lawyer Kavanaugh, I was like, oh, is this the one that Ben and Karen went to go see? But you said that earlier. Really. It like, was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I would have so, never known that had they not got the same actor back. And that's happened a lot. I'm not sometimes for these one bit parts, they don't always get the same person back, but this time they yeah. did. Um, what was I going to say? So as far as the birth certificate is concerned, when there's an adoption, do they put the adopted parents on the birth certificate? No, they usually don't. I mean, I think Harry even... Um, referred to that because they try and um, protect the mother and child since the mother made the decision to give up her baby. Okay. They're not going to necessarily list the mother's name on it because if that child would get a hold of that birth certificate, they'd know imme immediately. Usually that is protected until that child is of age 18. And right. then children sometimes can find that information out. It takes a little bit of work, but honestly, I do know people that have done that. I have yeah. some friends that have an adopted child, and then at that age of 18, they did find their parent and meet them, their biological parent. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, you made it. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> it was long, a long and winding. Long and winding. Long and winding. 
podcast tenure, but Greg did it. <laughs> and you didn't even watch a complete season. Imagine you missed 10 episodes. <laughs> well. Because we got you right as she had her mental break. Right. Because um, that was your famous. I, yeah, no, crazy? I showed up. Oh, that was it. That was it. Did she go crazy yet? Not yeah. yet. Did you, as a young, young, tiny baby child, remember watching this Resolve when it originally aired? Um, the uh, babies in her arms, I kind of remember. I don't remember the crossover of Bobby being dead. I don't remember that moment, even though that was such a small moment. Right. Um, I think it was more about the baby. And I'm trying to figure out if I was kind of walking in and out of the living room as sure. it was going on. I might have been sitting down at this point. Exactly. The start but, of the new season. Like you said, the intensity of what happened on her getting her babies back versus getting to see them were two totally different dynamics on, yeah. on, on what gets burned into people's mind, let alone back in the 80s, all the primetime soaps were doing it. They were trying to have that big cliffhanger. So they were definitely building up a moment that people would then be talking about all summer waiting for the show to come back. Well, you definitely were watching at this point because you have that whole reaction to Joshua that you hate him, but you don't know why you hate him. Yeah, I must have been. <laughs> See, you, yeah, you definitely were watching. Kudos to Alec Baldwin. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He played the role that was written on the page. So when I was yes. like, when I said to him, I was like, oh, his face looks thinner. He lost weight. He's like, yeah, I'm probably getting ready for movie roles. What is a little <laughs> bit challenging about knots, and all the primetime soaps were guilty of this, and daytime soaps are too, is it gets a little bit. Um, repetitive. Lisa Hartman plays CG, who dates Chip, who is very mean to her, but yet they're lovers, and he's cold, and he ends up killing her. Lisa Hartman plays Kathy, who dates Joshua, and ends up marrying him, and he's really mean to her, and physically abusive, and in the end, one of the two is going to die. You know what I mean? So there's there's a lot of parallels that happen repetitive-wise that you're like, oh, we're, we're on this merry-go-round again, and it's just <laughs> with different named characters, but here we are. Hmm. I never really thought of that correlation. Yep. The chip was better. <laughs> the chip one. <laughs> you know, Chip was dynamic because Chip was trying to play it fast and loose with so many of the women because even Lily May had a fancy for Chip, but he mm. was dating Diana, but seeing CG on the side. And yeah, he was he was something. All right. Well, do you have anything else to add? I think we're good. It's a wrap. Val's got her babies back in her arms. Um well, feel free to come visit us. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a big investment of time, but thanks for partnering with us on this storyline. I mean, I'm going to be watching, so you know you're probably going to be dipping in. Oh, <laughs> He'll be like, what's going on here? This happens a lot with um, couples where one person is watching a show and the other person picks up bits and pieces of it. Maybe he'll like something and he'll be like, oh, maybe I'll guess this time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he'll, give you, he'll give you a, Greg will give you a quote to mention when we're yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> yesterday he started watching Felicity, and I'm like, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not sitting here. I don't want to listen. I don't want to, because I never watched Felicity. Here, because he started to ask questions. He's like, I can't get invested. Nope, in I'm out. It's like, I'm yeah, out, like, I'm out, I'm out. Because I think I, like, or I might have watched a little bit of it. Right. What year was Felicity? 98. 98 to 2002. Yeah, I was probably doing my master's at that point, and 
there was a chunk of TV that I missed. Sure. Makes sense. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another edition of the Abbey Scale, wrapping up Val's Babies. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited to get into season seven. We got some new storylines, new characters, new uh -huh. drama. And we still have plenty of talk about Val's Babies, because right now we're kind of, believe it or not, in the middle, because we haven't even gone down the paternity road. So not, not so as good. I'm stretching this out, technically a storyline that lasted for four seasons. At least I didn't make you watch four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> all right, as always, you can find us on all the socials at Queers and Soaps. And until next time, have a great day. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye.